Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Kate Hynote. Check it out. All right. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands. This meeting is being recorded. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Kate Hynote of the Kate Hynote Trio and the Blue Flowers. Kate, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Happy to be here. Awesome. I'm so happy to have you on here. I was uh, thinking back when I first saw you um, with the Blue Flowers opening up for Duende at the Keju Cafe, and I was like, wow. I mean, the whole band was awesome, but I really loved your voice. And then I got to hear you again. Uh, I think it was Corktown Music Fest. Yeah. That was the trio. Um, you know, both uh, different styles of music in some ways. Um, but uh, your voice, fantastic. So I'm so thankful to have you on the show. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I uh, I love singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So um, let's start with your your journey into music. How how did that begin and what has that been like for you? Uh, it's, it's not particularly exciting. I was very young. I always was singing when I was little. Um, my mom loved music and had music on all the time. So music was always just kind of in my house. Uh, and yeah, I was singing since I was very little. And the, the old story is that I would give concerts to my neighbors in my backyard when I was like three, like standing on top of a kitchen fold out chair in a pink, you know, pretty dress. <laughs> um, so that's, that's what I'm told happened. Uh, and something about singing tomorrow from Annie uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah. And I used to sing, uh, I, my brothers tell stories about how I used to sing Xanadu all the time and dance around the house. Yeah, I just was always singing. Uh, and then I did choir in in uh, middle school and then I did choir in high school. And um, that was, you know, most all the singing that I did. But it, I didn't start fronting bands until um, mid or early to mid 20s. And I, okay. yeah, I, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. That's not too, not really too late. So no, I guess not. Um, I'm, I, I, I believe, but I'm not sure. So like in, when you were starting your, your career, when did, uh, you, um, blossom into the blue flowers and the, and the, and the trio? Right. So the blue flowers, I guess we, uh, we evolved from a band, a shoegaze band called either aura that started in 2004, 2005. Okay. Uh, and that was when I started uh, that was with Tony, my husband, uh, Tony Hamera. And we did that from starting in about 2004. That was the first stuff I wrote. That was the first stuff we wrote together. That was like the beginning of all of it. And then we had, uh, just kind of evolved into a more alt country sound and we changed a couple members. So we decided to switch band names to the blue flowers. And that was, I, th I think we actually officially announced it on January 1st, 2009. Oh, okay flowers yep and then uh there's kind of a lot in between that that gets us to the trio before that <laughs> I, I kind of branched off with uh david our acoustic guitar player uh i branched off with him and doing duo shows and stuff and then we at, then we were doing trio shows with our backup singer aaron uh aaron williams and so we played for years as a trio and then she moved away and David and I were doing duo shows again because I was not stopping. That was not going to happen. And um, and then after I would say a year and a half, maybe maybe two years, a year and a half of doing just the duo shows, I was kind of, I was getting a little bit burnt out because the shows were not just not going how I wanted. And um, and so I had I had been talking to, to Dave about that, and he had mentioned that he ran into Matthew at uh, Matthew Parmenter at a show. I can't remember the show. They could tell that story better than me. <laughs> but he ran into him a show and at a show, and he basically said he'd been wanting to play violin, and and said, you know, I, um, you know, if, if any of your bands need violin, let me know. And then he, Dave told me, and I sat on that for a minute, and then I don't know, like months, a few months later, I I was like, let's try it, and then from then on it was just gung-ho awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah that's very cool so you know there's uh obviously you know you're I'll, i shouldn't say obviously because i don't know i'm assuming that you're involved in the songwriting in both bands 
-hmm. uh, so there are definitely similarities between the two, but there's also these contrasts. So for folks that have, you know, not experienced your music, how would you compare and contrast those two, uh, the bands, the Blue Flowers and the trio? Sure. So the Blue Flowers, uh, that's predominantly songs written by uh, Tony Hamera and myself. And uh, we, we co-write those. Tony would would give me chords, would write the music, and then I would write the melody and lyrics. Um, along the way, I started using, like collaborating on lyrics with Erin Williams. So she helped me with that. And uh, other uh, significant contributions were from Marvin Shoney, a bass player that we had. Brian Talaski wrote one on our last album. Like, I mean, so it started to become a little more coll collaborative. Uh-huh. Uh, a really a lot more collaborative compared to what it was, but it was just Tony and I writing everything for a long time. Uh, and then with the trio, we started doing just acoustic versions of songs that I'd written for the blue flowers for the most part, or covers or songs that uh, I'd, I'd collected from other Detroit songwriters. Uh, so that's what ended up on our album, but also we wrote for our first album, we wrote, co-wrote Matthew Parmenter and I co-wrote an original and then he's a songwriter like I mean he's been doing it forever he's a really great <laughs> writer so he's been doing a lot of the writing and we've written a few together for the new album as well awesome and yeah uh, so uh oh and the difference yes for like the difference the contract yeah. um the blue flower sorry I kind of skipped that part I don't even know if I answered your original question so the blue flower <laughs> started more like alt country and then I mean we the blue flowers have been together for 14 years or something so we of course are gonna have different interests and evolve and change and all that yeah so there is for me there's clear continuity continuity between everything I mean I, to me there's a line for sure but I would say people that that were listening early would definitely say our later stuff is pretty different from the the earlier stuff and got more rock definitely more rock yeah. and a little weirder at times and then we came back to a little more rock uh and then the trio is obviously acoustic versions of blue flower songs but then um uh matthew has a progressive background and loves jazz and so there's been we've uh, there's been just a lot of elements the trio was very hard to describe i, I don't even know how to describe it anymore we call it alternative folk is yeah. all, I mean, we don't even know what to call it. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome, and it probably makes it a little uh, hard when you're trying to like book a show and know, and somebody's like, "I'm not really sure if this is going to work for me," you know? Right. Uh, it's it's really hard to de to describe, but when you just break it down to and you say, "Oh, it's uh, I sing," and then there's an acoustic guitarist and a violinist, yeah. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. It's like, well, right. what are you going to do with that? Right. They know you're yeah. not going to necessarily like, uh, there's not going to be a mosh pit or something. <laughs> right. Exactly. House. It's like, I think you can handle us, but yeah. Um, alternative <laughs> folk, contemporary folk. Yeah. There's somebody threw in prog folk, acoustic rock. I think Rob <laughs> acoustic rock, acoustic, something like that. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny, like, uh, cause I, I do it too. I just, I want to categorize things. I don't know why, but I do. Mm -hmm. And it, I think it's like, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a, a human condition. We just want to put, you know, everybody and in bands, boxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> put them in their little thing. And it yeah. doesn't necessarily neatly fit sometimes, you know? Right. So, what I love about the music that, you know, with the Blue Flowers and the trio is it's uh, to me, like, you really get that the honesty and the, the emotion of what you're, um, what you're, you know, trying to uh, give to your audience. Um, and I know that that seems like that should just be how it is. I mean, that music should be honest and from, you know, from your soul. But yeah. there's, there's quite a few bands where that doesn't translate. You get music that's, it either feels like it's forced or it's not quite, um, it just doesn't feel real. It doesn't, it doesn't resonate with that person, but yours right. does. Um, Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying to remember where I was going with that. Oh, so like, where do you get your inspiration from? What, what inspires the music that you make? Oh, uh, so the, the, the vibe of the music, I'm, I'm sure I contribute to that in some way, but I'm not the one actually performing the music. So I feel like a lot of the vibe of that is definitely from whoever I'm collaborating with. Um, the Blue Flowers is a very uh, Tony Hamera vibe band. It's, it's just, he, he's heavily influenced, you know, 
by whatever he's listening to at the moment and then uh, everything old I mean we love a lot of old stuff um but lyrically wise melody wise it's hard to say I mean I grew up listening to oldies and uh I mean, I loved Patsy Cline growing up, but I didn't, I was a late bloomer for music for sure. I didn't really fall in love with music until the nineties when I was in high school. I mean, I was listening to obviously Cyndi Lauper and Madonna when I was little and things like that. And uh, show tunes in Greece and Greece, of course, Greece and show <laughs> I love Greece and Xanadu. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I super loved show tunes in high school. So I loved Barbara Streisand. I started, I, I discovered Sarah McLaughlin when I was 16. I mean, that was a huge influence on me. Nice. Um, uh, her and Tori Amos both probably were two of the earliest, like I was absolutely in love with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know. I lyrically, it's all just relationship stuff, like kind of vague relationship stuff to keep it uh, interpretable. Yeah. Um, and but singing wise, I would say my biggest influences would probably be Sarah McLaughlin. And I mean, I love Shirley Manson, but I don't sing anything like her. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> um, but yeah, those I would I have a lot of influences as far as singing. I was. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned like um, uh, Sarah and um, Tori Amos, like being early influences. Do you feel like because uh, I know that can change over time. Do you feel like they're still impacting um have that influence on you or have you kind of moved on and now I've moved, I would say I've moved on yeah I don't listen to them as much as I I certainly I honestly don't listen to them barely at all anymore unless I'm getting nostalgic or something uh <laughs> you know um I uh <laughs> but I, I mean if I hear it to this day I mean I still know every word and I get emotional I mean I can't yeah. tell you because I cried at a Sarah McLaughlin concert <laughs> uh so yeah I would I don't know I'm I'm not as influenced by things now because I don't have that much time to listen to music because I'm always learning something or rehearsing and I get so much music otherwise. Yeah. I will confess that I am a um, relatively, uh, my friend Aaron and I call, us, call ourselves geriatric Swifties uh, <laughs> because we fell in love with Taylor late. Uh, so we're new Swifty fans. Uh, so I, I listen, I've been listening to a lot of her, but um, I honestly listen to stuff that tony listens to uh because that's what he he just turns stuff on even you know he's he yeah. listens to music more than i do so it's a lot of uh chelsea wolf and emma ruth rundle and uh wise blood that's the current that's on a lot lots of nice right. acdc <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent so uh fans with bands is in just me uh talking with kate i mean i don't know if tony i mean i realize it's your, your wife but <laughs> if you have any questions for you, you haven't asked her before or, or uh, Matthew or Glenn. And you don't have to ask questions because I got plenty more to go. And I'll let you go, but I might have a question before it's over. All right. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So uh, I don't know why I like to do this, but I always do. Um, what was the very first album? And I'm going to guess you maybe have already talked about it, but album, cassette, tape, whatever that you bought. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that I bought with my own money. Like, yeah. Or kind of birthday money. You know, it doesn't have to like, All right. have, have a job, but yeah. Right. I, I remember I, it was probably, well, honestly, it was probably a strawberry shortcake album that my mom got me. <laughs> um, that's probably the truth. I remember my first cassette I think I had was Cindy Lauper. Oh. Uh, she's so unusual. I mean, I'm I'm reasonably certain. The first CD that I bought with my own money was George Michael Fate. Oh, nice. Nice. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what inspired you? Like what what was it about those artists that you were like, oh, I gotta get their music? I remember I mean, I loved Girls Just Wanna Have Fun for sure. I mean, I was yeah. probably eight when that came out. I don't know. I was eight <laughs> myself. But anyway, um uh I loved Girls Just Want to Have Fun, but I remember in school, people either liked Madonna or they liked Cyndi Lauper. It was like, you liked one or the other. And I was like, well, Cyndi, obviously. <laughs> you know, that's how I felt. Like, I yeah. had to just, I was like, I'm team Cyndi. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah. But then I ended up liking Madonna, too. <laughs> the time uh, True Blue came out, I liked her. And I had her poster on my wall. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. um, and then George Michael, 
Um, that one, I just, I loved his song so much and they were fun to sing. And I'm sure at the time I didn't realize how naughty everything was. Uh, I was 13. Maybe I did. I don't think I did, but I remember buying that CD and, uh, I remember it was maybe like, Oh, maybe that, maybe not that one, but I had it already and it was too late. (laughs) Uh, so do you remember the very first time you, uh, performed on stage and what did you take away from that? Like, what did you learn? (laughs) (laughs) The very first time, the very first time would have been other than my, you know, when I was three. Other than the three-year-old. The backyard, getting on a chair. Uh, (laughs) The real first time would have been middle school choir. Uh, and I don't remember what I took away from it. Cause I was probably scared to death. I, I, I get really super nervous, super, super nervous. Um, not, not as much anymore. Um, but for a long, long, long time, I got super duper nervous until yeah. I was definitely into my thirties. I mean, I would get really nervous before shows. Yeah. Um, and then I did like talent shows and stuff all through high school. Um, I would say I did not enjoy it as much then as I do now because of the nerves probably. Okay. Um, back then I would say I was just all adrenaline, had no idea what was happening. I just yeah. didn't do it very much. I wasn't in theater, you know, yeah. I was usually yeah. in a group and I only did a, a, you know, a handful of solos, maybe half dozen solos over the years. Yeah. Um, it was, but the, the stage time now is something different. I mean, it just evolved over the years and now I really enjoy that, connection with people and i and i honest honestly just love the act of singing it feels very good to me it's very therapeutic yeah um it's something i really enjoy doing like just opening my mouth and letting sound out and having it do maybe it's it it, let's not let's not do a therapy session but it could be (laughs) it could be that uh i enjoy um the fact that i'm controlling this instrument of mine and making it do what i want and you know uh emoting with it and expressing myself in ways that you know you don't typically get to express yourself in life i mean yeah yeah i love it well i would think it would be difficult i've never been uh i i played in a band years ago but i've never been the like the lead singer Mm -hmm. which i think puts a lot more pressure on that person to be the image for that band sure Um, and uh so i i I would just imagine that would be hard but it sounds like you've kind of like focused it in and and now you you love it so that's cool yeah I love it I I I um it did take a long time and the only thing I can think of that really made that those nerves stop happening was one summer the blue flowers just had a bazillion shows I mean it was just like I certainly play more now but back then I remember it seemed like so many yeah and it's some somewhere along the way it just stopped like somewhere I was just like oh I'm not nervous okay let's do it <laughs> <laughs> and then it just, you know, it still comes back for bigger, you know, high pressure pressure shows. Um, yeah. yeah. You know that it's still, it definitely still comes back. I get nervous. I get day of nerves still. Yeah. Um, but I, it's easier to chill out now. It used to, sometimes it, I would be nervous the whole set. Sometimes I, it would take three songs. Uh, now I can kind of ease right in, which is nice. Yeah. Oh, well, I get, uh, I mean, I'm not performing, <laughs> but when I'm taking photos at a show, I get like amped up right before. Cause I'm like, I, you know. I don't want to fuck it up or, you know, do something, right? Uh, you know, I don't know, have the camera not set right or whatever. So uh, I definitely get that kind of that pre-adrenaline. Do you have like a, uh, a ritual that you have to do things you need to do before no. shows to get ready? I don't think so. No, <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day because I was watching some comic talk about her pre-show uh, ritual, Taylor Tomlinson. I saw something about her pre-show ritual of like drinking Pepto-Bismol or something. <laughs> Um, so, uh, but no, I really don't think so. I <laughs> physically have a ritual. My, I'm everything in me gets dry. I get nervous. I start to have sinus stuff and I start to panic a little, but that's just nerves. Yeah. Uh, so physically my body does a ritual, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't have anything I really do. Sometimes, you know, I'll do some light humming or go like just, yeah. hoot, just to make sound, to make sure it's there, check and make sure it's there. Before <laughs> right. it yeah. That's about it. Make sure the vocal cords haven't dried up, you know. <laughs> exactly, didn't evaporate. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, awesome. So, um, if you could go um, anywhere in the world and uh, perform, so both bands, um, let's say, 
And so where would that go? And who would you like to have on the bill with you? Say that one more time. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, any stage in the world uh, that you could perform. Um, you don't have to be the headliner. You could be support for somebody. But who would you like to be? Where would you like to play? And who would you like to play with on that bill? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I know it's it's hard because it's like a snapshot in time because tomorrow you may think of like, oh, it's this guy or this band or whatever. So I got I have it. All right. I have it. It just came to me. So I, it's embarrassing. I might not know the right name of it, but what's that Red Rocks theater? Oh, it's Red Rocks. Is it called Red Rocks? Yeah. <laughs> so I saw some clips of, I think, Mumford and Sons, and I was like, that is insane. I mean, I yeah. would die to play there. Just so insanely beautiful. And then I think Aaron went there and saw Brandy Carlisle this year or something. And so anyway, I just, it's, it's a, it's a dream venue that I can't even imagine I would ever play, but someone I would love to play with just because I want to meet them and see them live and they'll never come this way is a band called uh, Tarnation, which is a band out of California. The singer's name is Paula Frazier. She was a huge influence on me. I can't believe I forgot her. <laughs> <laughs> she was a massive influence on me. Uh, Tony introduced me to the band Tarnation when we were first dating. And this woman's voice, I don't know if you've ever heard, I will send you stuff. Oh yeah. That's great. Yeah, check I mean, it out. it's insane. Nothing like it. I love her. Awesome. Um, but they never came this way. They never, I never, I'll, there's no way I'd ever see them live unless I went that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's who I would want to play with. Very cool. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I definitely want to, I mean, that's kind of on my bucket list of things to do is to go to a show at Red Rock. Yeah. Um, because, uh, I, well, yeah, just, it just looks so cool. And I've seen, you know, film of some other bands playing there and I, I almost, well, uh, I'm trying to remember why I didn't, I think I was just like, I don't know if I can afford it, but, um, cause, uh, who's playing there? Perfect circle, Pussifer and, oh, wow. uh, and Les Claypool, um, they're playing cool. like, yeah, but they're playing there two nights and I thought, oh, that'd be kind of fun to see, but that sounds great. I mean, I also super love rocks. So I have a thing about rocks. So I, would, I mean, just to see that I would probably weep for a while first. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like to see the Grand Canyon now. I saw it when I was 16, Oh, but I did not love rocks. Like I love rocks now. I yeah. would, I can't even imagine. So have you been to Colorado? Uh, I've been to Colorado, um, yeah. Colorado Springs. When I was younger, I had a, a grandparent that lived there. Oh, awesome. But yeah. not in a while. No, no long time. 13. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I have yeah. a question for you, Kay. Okay. Go for it. Okay. So, you know, I've talked to different songwriters and uh, sometimes they are very um, adamant about melody first, then lyrics, or I've, I've rarely heard lyrics first, then melody, but do you have a an approach where you establish the melody first always or tend to or did you try to change it up how does that work it's it's almost always melody first because i don't write lyrics very quickly and when i'm coming up with a melody i almost partially hear the vowel sound and the melody simultaneously sometimes uh i can't say that's always been the way it's worked every single time like sometimes i will have a line and i'll I'll build a song around a single line um, because I want that line to fit into a certain, it fit in in a certain way. But I would say it's nine out of 10 times or the majority of the time, the melody always comes first and then I'm kind of squeezing lyrics in and it's helpful if I have something already kind of written because then sometimes they fall in so easily and it's the best and you're just, your song just comes out. Uh, but then other times you have to kind of tweak them and move them and cut them up and make them work how you want. So some, so a lot of the times I build a lot off of one line. So what about rhyming? Do you um, try to rhyme, try not to rhyme or try to sometimes do it or sometimes not? I'd say both. I, I would say Gosh, I would have to listen to them now. It's like so, it's been a minute since I wrote anything. I would say I have probably an equal amount of both of rhyming and not rhyming, but I do sometimes consciously make an effort to not rhyme. I do do that sometimes. And do you, when you're trying to like form out that uh, that melody, are you doing 
like kind of scatting along to like get placements of for like that kind of you know how words have a certain well number of uh syllables so they have yes, a punch yeah. to them right I have um yeah it's I don't know how I I'm honestly not sure how I attack it usually but the it'll it'll usually be do's or hmms mm -hmm. um but a lot of do's and that'll give me kind of the rhythm but then when you're doing the lyrics I mean that's the thing that kind of would alter it the most if a word if you want a word to work I mean you're, sometimes you're going to have to change the rhythm or how you sing it or the placement or I do I would say I what I do a lot is I have a single syllable over multiple notes if that makes sense so yeah. uh yeah. instead of it was this you know instead of filling yeah. so you're stretching that 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 vocalization over a over multiple notes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, there's some singers that do that a lot, you know, where they, they push a ton. Their, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some that do it just so much. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do runs. That's not something uh I that is not a part of my skill set. I can't really do runs or anything. So I couldn't do that if I tried. <laughs> so uh I was just thinking of something. Oh, um in terms of like the the putting a melody to the music, do you ever do like sort of invert those so like uh songs in kind of a minor key which tends to tends to gravitate towards sadder songs do you try to like sure. flip flip that around on its head so that it's minor but you're really giving some kind of positive message to the lyrics i think about that a lot i would say more often i have taken a happier sounding song and made the lyrics not happy at all i would say that happens <laughs> more often than the uh, alternative or the opposite um i yeah i would say I, I haven't i haven't written a lot of happy songs so i would say that that has not <laughs> happened I, I would have to really go through my catalog there's it's weird but there's kind of a lot now so i'd have to really think back through <laughs> and be like was there any maybe on an ether or album i had one that was a little no it wasn't it was not a happy song <laughs> it wasn't it was a very happy sounding song and not happy at all so yeah. now when you're collaborating and somebody comes up with the chords and these things and uh i'm going to imagine you know having written songs that you kind of have a it's it feels a certain way to you know as you're making it yeah and then if they're handing it off to you and you give it a different spin based on the melody and lyrics sure. um, have you ever had any things where it's like ah oh, this isn't working or um this is perfect even though it wasn't the initial intent not that anybody has mentioned um i would say with matthew when he gives me chords uh and definitely when he gives me melodies and then i'm writing lyrics to it um because he's a songwriter and he's usually writing the songs himself yeah uh, himself entirely uh i i mean that's definitely i can't speak for him but i'm sure that's been interesting for him having to hand it off to me and then being like what is she gonna do <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but we've only experienced that a little bit so far, uh, cause we're just, I mean, our songwriting, uh, collaboration is still new, definitely still new. Um, I really don't know. I think there's four songs now, three, four. Uh, but with Tony, it was always, uh, Tony would give me the music and, and he would give me, uh, sometimes just chords, like just strummed chords. And then other mm -hmm. times really produced music like a full produced kind of thing yeah and it wouldn't necessarily be how it ended up in the final and certainly stuff i did with the melody would change things change like, here and there change chords or he'd get uh a keyboard idea based on the melody i ended up writing or you know certainly that contributed to that yeah um but yeah he he whatever i come back with he's you know tony would always just be like happy to have it and be able to keep working like he just right. loves the creating part and the writing and the recording so like whatever i came back with it, it you know there'd be some tweaks here and there or the ideas that he had but for the most part he was just happy to have something back that he could record and work on awesome yeah. so um so i know that you've been busy um especially with the the trio doing a bunch of shows blue flowers have also been doing some shows yeah um, what do you got uh coming up as far as both bands so the blue flowers are wrapping up the year this saturday i don't know when this will come out but uh it's it'll be after but 
Oh, that's okay. So this uh, <laughs> last day of September, we're doing uh, the Blue Chili Grass Fest in Goodles. Uh, it's the coolest Goodles. thing. They, the they have a little, yeah. Uh, it's like 40, 45 minutes north of here. And they do a chili cook-off. Nice. You can taste and vote on chili. It's just the coolest. Awesome. And the organization itself does a ton of work to encourage and support and facilitate young people interested in music and playing oh, awesome. yeah. um oh here comes my mom i think <laughs> she, she was on oh she, she went away <laughs> <laughs> She's like, nope forget it <laughs> um anyway uh so yeah so that's the blue flowers we're wrapping up the year with that okay. uh but the trio has a ton of stuff coming up we're um we're sunday we're playing in milford at a place called river's edge uh the following weekend we're playing a benefit for uh jennifer and dylan oh yeah yeah you uh, we're doing that um the following weekend, we're doing a fundraiser for Washington Literacy in Ann Arbor. Really? Yeah. And awesome. then, I know. And then the following weekend, we're this one, that's probably the last big, big weekend we have. That is the Muskegon uh, Library in, Mus- in Muskegon on Friday, October 20th, uh, Hackley Public Library. Uh, then Saturday, the 21st, we're at the Erickson Center for the Arts in Curtis and the UP. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Didn't you go to the UP? I think you went to the UP this year. I think I yeah. saw that. Oh, man. Curtis uh, is yeah. great, too. I, are you staying oh, at... beautiful. You, have you played at um, Chamberlain's? Chamberlain's, yeah. yes. It's the <laughs> coolest place. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're actually staying there. Oh, good. Um, love it. And uh, the 22nd, we're at... Oh, Sunday the 22nd on the way home, or we'll have to stay over because it's still too far, but Harbor Springs, it's called Pond Hill Farms. Okay, cool. It's a, just a really cool spot. Uh, and they're having like a fall fest. We're playing that. That should be a blast. Yeah. And then we're doing a big, uh, we're ha- trying to pull off a big local show on uh, November 1st. Can't remember if it's a Friday or Saturday. I think it's a Saturday. Um, right? November 1st? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. Um, oh, it might be a Thursday. It might be a Thursday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a weird day of the week. I think I remember. Well, but wait, Saturday's the 28th. 28th uh that might be the middle of the week i think it's a wednesday yeah it is Is it's a wednesday (laughs) thank you i intentionally chose wednesday yeah november november 1st yeah november 1st at berkeley coffee and for that one we are this will be a very collaborative show for us we're gonna have faye burns join us on some stringed instrument we're we're thinking maybe baritone guitar <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't quite decided yet we're still working that out and then Erin Williams the singer from uh the Blue Flowers uh she's gonna sing with us and then Emily Rose is gonna join us and do do some of her own stuff too uh so yeah that one that's the one we're really gonna be hoping to get people out for that'll be cool that yeah good. yeah so plenty of stuff that'll take you uh, almost into December yeah yeah for sure yeah. we've got we're gonna go up north one more time i think to sheboygan in november but other than that yeah, yeah. oh and lapeer i forgot about lapeer november 14th or something it, there's a ton <laughs> it's, it's it's a lot but uh it's winding down for sure i thought last year was going to be the most i have to count them this one this one might have tied it yeah, yeah. so uh, do you guys kind of like quiet down for the winter or do you just keep going yeah, I've, I think, I feel like we, I didn't always quiet down for the winter, but it is definitely not fun to gig in the winter. I mean, yeah. if you have a ton of gear and then your gigs are basically banking on, you know, no snowstorm. Right. Um, Cause people just don't come out like they used to uh, generally, but also in the winter, any, any excuse to not go, Oh, it's no, no, I'm not going. <laughs> uh, and I feel the same way. So yeah. uh, you kind of, if you're going to do it in the winter, um, I feel like it's gotta be something really special. Christmas shows are fun, but I haven't done those in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, but really I need to wind down this year because the trio needs to finish our second album. That's what we're, that's what we're working on. I think we're six or seven songs and we got to get it, got to get it done. Nice. And are you doing that there at the studio that you have at the home? We haven't totally decided what we're going to do. The last one, uh, I think, I mean, I think it'll be similar to what we did last time. Uh, but I I'm guessing the temper mill studio, uh, temper mill studios in Ferndale will be involved. We'll do so- some stuff there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if we'll, you know, where we'll do overdubs. We haven't quite figured all of that stuff out yet, but uh, definitely some stuff will happen here in this room. <laughs> that that always happens. Yeah. <laughs> so what's been the most, uh, would you say, like unusual place that you guys have played? Oh my gosh, racking my brain. 
there was a there was a pretty unique one this year. We played at this place called the Jinx building in Cuyahoga Falls. I hope that's how you say it. I think it's Cuyahoga Falls. Uh-huh. Um, just south of Cleveland by Akron, I guess. Uh, but it was like an old. Oh my God, Matthew, do you remember what that building was? It was like an old auto shop or something. It was, uh, as I recall, on the wall, they had a picture of an electrical auto supply store. It was like auto supplies and electronics for autos. But it was like from way, way back, they had an old picture on the front of the store. And they converted it to like a bakery, coffee store. I don't know, like kitschy stuff. Stuff. It was, it was, it was like the Rust Belt Market a little bit, okay. but not so Etsy like. Like yeah. it wasn't like Etsy in real life, like Rust Belt is. But then they had a back room that was like a big garage with a carpet, and it was like a performance venue. Yeah, oh, it was wow. very. I can't even. It, that, and that room is impossible to describe. But that was probably the one of the uniquest, most unique. Is that a word? Is uniquest yeah. word? Most yeah. unique. Uh, places that we've played um yeah and it was just huge and there was like a downstairs with all these little shops and cool art and things like that i can't think of any weirder places (laughs) there should be it seems like there's been some pretty nutty things um (laughs) but maybe that's just us i don't know yeah (laughs) The, the coolest thing was in west virginia we played at this great spot called jeans beer garden and we played upstairs. It's totally a music place. It's a music joint. They have music all the time. Cool stage, very tiny, but cool stage upstairs. Um, you know, lots of wood. And it was just a cool, very cool spot. But then afterwards, after we're done playing, we had this really fun show, uh, met all these wonderful people. They were so nice. They were hanging out with us and stuff. But afterwards, he took us downstairs and showed us his speakeasy. And I was like, well, this is where I want to play. <laughs> that was, I mean, it was so cool. It was beautiful. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I don't. Maybe the weirdest thing we ever did, I'll say the weirdest thing we ever did was summer of 2020 when we weren't, when we weren't playing a ton of shows, we ended up getting a festival in Battle Creek and we were trying to pick up a gig on the way back forever. Like for months, I was trying to get anybody in Jackson to book me because it was on the way back from Battle Creek Uh and no one, no one would even like think about it. Like it was like, they were like, maybe no, nobody. (laughs) So we ended up going to, uh, we ended up going to this place called Cascades Park, I think it's called. Cascades something. It's like a, a waterfall that was not on when we oh. were there. <laughs> there was really nothing going on there. But we just set up in the middle of like a field where people that were like had their children at the park and were like getting ice cream and stuff. And we're just like, here we are playing music. And we did, we did get, um, I want to say 10 people total maybe saw us, but maybe four actually paid real attention to us. <laughs> that was the pro- one of the most bizarre things we ever did, but it was still fun. <laughs> now, have you guys ever done gigs where you're um, you're the entertainment for a party, but people aren't really paying attention? Sure. Um, and how do I mean? Actually, do, do, I mean, do you try to avoid those? I would think you would, but yeah, yeah. I would say I would actually say no. The parties that we've played, they were the people there were the audience. Like they actually sat and listened to us. The three we've done three private parties and I and thinking through them all three times, they literally they just sat there and watched us. We had an yeah. audience. It was pretty cool. I'm just thinking of like I because I've been to a couple of shows recently where um the music wasn't the main event. Like they had somebody booked um at, sure. a, at a brewery or something. Um and so they're playing, uh, but everybody's just like chattering and doing Oh, thing. I mean, that happens all the time. So maybe not at a party, but I mean, we have gigs like that all the time. That's I mean, that drives me nuts. But... Yeah. So we, there's <laughs> plenty of places that we play. And I mean, it's like, I can't fault anyone. They want to have music. They want their people to come in and enjoy the music. Yeah. So it's like, who's even at fault there other yeah, than yeah. The people, but they're, they didn't come there to see you. So you can't really fault them either. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really hard. Uh, but so we've played plenty of those gigs where we're set up in the corner and people are eating and no one is playing any attention. I mean, you just, there's been gigs where I'm, I literally can, uh, that's all I can hear is people talking. Yeah. Uh, uh, and sometimes you just laugh it off. Um, I, I can't remember the last time I got like truly frustrated by it, but um, uh, 
because I've just, I, I just am used to it now, but yeah. it is, it is hard. I mean, it, it can be very defeating. Cause you, uh, cause then at that point you're just like, okay, I just want to get one person. Yeah. You know, I just right. want one person to be like listening. And yeah. a lot of the times we get that, but it's like, how much can they really hear if they're like craning their head to like hear any part of you? Yeah. That's how I felt this weekend. Cause I was at a um, brewery and I, I loved being there and I was having a great time, but uh, there was some playing that I really liked and Aww. could barely hear him, you know, I'm like, God, right. But I also, you know, was, I don't, I don't know. It was weird. So it's hard. It's hard. There's, and there's places too. You don't want to be intrusive. You're like, these yeah. people want to like hang out with their friends. You don't want to be like, listen to me. Like, when you're <laughs> out there, yeah, shut the fuck up. They haven't seen their friend in six months and they're like, we have to listen to this band. Yeah. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. 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 Or the, the opposite where you're, you're, you went to a place because you think it's going to be like sort of chill and there's some background music, but then the right. band's so fucking loud. You're like, fuck. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I, I definitely try to, uh, yeah, I don't want to keep people from having their conversations, but you also, I mean, there was one time I, I don't want, I'm never going to, I would never call out a venue, but there was one time we were right in front of a like eight top table. And I mean, literally I would say that the back of the person in front of me was a foot and a half from me, two feet at most. I mean, <laughs> right there eating yeah. their dinner and it was a family and they were beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it's like, what are you going to yeah. do? But the dad was um, just shouting over us the whole time for like two hours. <laughs> and I remember the daughters, the two, they were, I, they were probably 10 and under two daughters, but I remember that by the end, they were both kind of like, uh, like you could tell they were a little embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I mean, what do you do? You can't, right. I right. mean, I guess, I guess I could have handled it better and somehow tried to call them out, call them out, but <laughs> I don't know what I would have said. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh Lord. So if you were going to, um, um, uh, say you just, you, um, you, you just met somebody and you're talking about your music, but, um, you kind of want to give them a sense of where it comes from. Um, what would be like, a like two or three albums that you would say, you need to listen to the, these three and you'll get a sense of who I am, what I'm oh, about sure. musically. I would say, um, hmm. I would say At the Edge of Disaster, a Blue Flowers album that came out in 2014. Um, I would say I knew myself pretty well as a songwriter by then. I I, I had more intent. I wasn't just kind of guessing and hoping it worked out okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that one, I feel like I was, I was, uh, I had, I kind of honed my craft a little anyway. Um I'm not saying there weren't songs that I wrote before that, that, you know, I, I still think are okay. Um, Stealing the Moon was another one I wrote when I was, uh, that album came out in 2012 and I was pregnant the most of the time I wrote it. So I was just a, doof, a I was just an entirely different human being. <laughs> um, so that was interesting to write. Uh, but so the three, I would say, I would say At the Edge of Disaster, uh, Circus um, Fire, uh, because that was, that's when I felt that was 2018. And that's when I felt like I really was actually saying some things rather than just singing the vague relationship stuff. I was actually like wanting to put, um, uh, just more into the lyrics and, and yeah. more, a little bit more vulnerable, I guess you could say a lot of that too, was also written with, um, Aaron's lyrics. So collaborating with her, that was just, a, that was a, that was a fun thing. Um, and then can I say the future trio album? Can I say yeah, yeah, that will yeah. probably be, yeah. uh, cause that's, I definitely have stretched myself on that with strong, with a uh, songwriting. So I think uh, once that's out, that's the third one. Cause nice. that's going to be the, the first trio album is definitely me because there's songs that, you know, there are some songs that I wrote on it, but um, like I said, it's a lot of other Detroit songwriters that gave me songs. So that one, really is just showcasing the musicians more than anything. I mean, the songs are good, but like, yeah, me, it's really just about my voice on that album. Right. Right. So, um, Oh shoot. I almost lost my, I did lose a matron of thought. Oh, so as far as like, you know, uh, the future album, uh, I know we talked a little bit about it, but, uh, do you have a time frame that you're hoping for? I know you were trying to like 
get some Hard. goods out of the way to, to yeah yeah i keep like having to set it back because i keep hoping that we'll you know have made more progress but we're actually making a little bit of progress now. So that's good. Uh, we're moving along a little bit faster pace. So I can see like, oh, okay, there's only this much left and we could actually get this done. Yeah. So I would say at this point, we're hoping to get it out in the spring is the hope. Awesome. Because yeah, we got to yeah. record it and, you know, we're who, who knows? We got to finish writing it first. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the big part. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it's great because uh, I bought a few of the Blue Flowers albums on vinyl yeah. and I'm curious. Um, how do you like to consume music when you get a chance to listen? What's what's your favorite way of listening to music? I mean, I I still love CDs. Uh, I don't listen to CDs as much as I used to. I do I do have a CD player in my car, and I could, but uh -huh. a lot of the times I'm just in such a hurry, I end up streaming in the car. Um, and then, but I did start buying some, some vinyl when I <laughs> when I fell in love with Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. At record store day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Tony, I mean, honestly, a lot, the, I would say the most music that I listen to like leisurely, like I'm not learn, trying to learn something is yeah. the music that Tony plays in our house, which is all the time. Uh, and he spent, he doesn't spend vinyl as much as he used to upstairs. It's mostly uh, playlists and stuff like that. Some CDs. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I mean, I do, I super appreciate like putting on vinyl. I have more than Taylor Swift, I promise. But, um, <laughs> I do appreciate putting on vinyl and listening to vinyl. I think that's a, that's a, I don't know. It just makes me feel good to listen to music that way. Uh, but forever and ever, I mean, CDs, I always buy CDs. If people sell CDs, I'd buy their CDs. I, I yeah. love CDs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually overheard, uh, I was in Grand Rapids Saturday and I was at Vertigo Music. Have you ever been there? No. Mm -mm. <gasps> it, it's, it's one of the best record stores in the state. I mean, oh, awesome. Super cool. Um, great selection. But I overheard him, heard him saying that it's, it's getting harder for, because vinyl's gotten so huge, like, because mm -hmm. you mentioned CDs, like some people aren't even putting out CDs anymore. They're just like, no. screw it. Just, it's digital, you know, download it off Bandcamp, buy it, you know. That's what every, I mean, that's what like everybody's doing now. Nobody really wants to put out CDs, but I'm, I don't know. I'm, I might be a little stubborn in that way. I like, <laughs> I just like, I like it. I like having to having that to sell at shows so that yeah, you know, something physical can have something to go away to go away with. I've thought about. I've I've already started you know scheming and thinking about like there has to be a way for people that literally just Sunday somebody said to me I wanted to buy buy your CD but I have nothing to play it on. I mean he somebody just said that. To oh me. wow! Like I really want to buy your CD but I have nothing to play it on. He's like, are you on Spotify? And I was like, yeah. Like, also Bandcamp. I was yeah. like, you're not gonna do that though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you do, it'll just be to show. It'll just be to give you money, but you're just gonna stream it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think you can. Uh, pretty sure I should. I should look in that and, and figure it out. But I'm pretty sure that with Bandcamp, you can set up playlists of your stuff and stream it. Oh. Okay. From from, from the Bandcamp app app. Uh, oh, so if I can get people to download the app. Yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that and like that's gonna become my new um mission uh, mantra and mission yeah because okay. uh I you know nothing well I don't know I don't really have an opinion one way or the other about Spotify um other than I'm not super crazy about the fact that musicians don't get paid anything and of I would course. prefer <laughs> if you know you bought that you know Bandcamp you have to typically you get a a little sample of something or one song right. and then the rest you gotta buy so yeah i would prefer that method i think the streaming i mean i don't think you get paid for streams on Bandcamp anyway so it's like if they don't download it you know you're still not getting paid right right man. well yeah that's true uh, yeah. man we gotta find a way that's a whole uh, other podcast for sure yeah. it is well you know it's uh uh we we're constantly struggling with that ourselves because um you know uh just trying to encourage folks to support your art um whatever that may be um it can be kind of challenging even when you say it's definitely just like maybe one buck or, you know it's like oh yeah exactly just a dollar that would be nice <laughs> uh because that's like you know a thousand three thousand i don't even know so many streams yeah uh, yeah it is just a dollar um it, yeah i uh it's hard to fault it because i use it too I mean, yeah. you know, I can't really complain. I use it too. I, anything I want to hear is just like, there it is. You know, yeah. it's too yeah. easy. Um, I, I, I use it to like, you know, 
do some research. Like if I'm not familiar with a band or somebody tells me, you know, right. um, like the band you mentioned, which I'm forgetting the name, but I can go back and find it. But, um, you know, I would, I would look on Spotify and try to, you know, so I could check it out and say, Oh, well, I I'm like going to send you songs from their songs. If you're going to listen to them for the first time, I want to send you specific songs <laughs> Send right, you a couple cool. songs that I want you to listen All to right. first. And then if you like it, you can dive in. Okay, cool. that's always better too i think when somebody kind of helps curate something for you you know yeah uh, which is sure. the kind of the fun with thing with spotify playlists you know because you can say hey check this out and if you're sure yeah which yeah. just reminded me i don't have uh maybe i do i have blue flowers on the playlist for fans with bands but i don't know if i have your trio gotta look and see let's fix it gotta, yeah. yeah i know i gotta remedy that well <laughs> Kate, uh, thank you so much for being on Fans with Bands. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. I've, I've yeah. wanted to do it forever. I was too chicken, but I'm glad I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just have one last question. Okay. And that is pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? Pineapple all the way. Oh, awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Do you have a like a favorite combo? It's pineapple and pepperoni. I love it so much. Really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, great. Well, Again, Kate, thank you. And uh, hopefully I'll catch a show sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this. Okay. See ya. Many thanks to Kate, Matthew, Tony, and Glenn, aka David, for joining me on this episode of Fans with Bands. I love Kate Highnote's music, both with the trio and the Blue Flowers. Every episode, I feel blessed to get a chance to talk with these great musicians in Michigan. Kate is extremely talented, and it was a pleasure to spend this time with her. Be sure to keep up to date with Kate's upcoming shows by checking in on our website and following her socials. See the show notes for all the details and links. Bands are nothing without you, the fans. Purchasing music and merchandise is critical to their survival. If you can help out your favorite bands, please do. If you're in Michigan, consider following the Playing in Detroit area tonight and SE for Southeast Michigan Music Facebook pages. They are fantastic places for bands and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show, telling your friends, telling your neighbors, telling your family, telling your priest, tell everyone, and leave a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jam.